I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 14th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. There is now a $35 million reward if you have information that could lead to the identity of who killed Canadian billionaires Barry and Honey Sherman, who were mysteriously murdered in 2017. It's wild to me that this case remains unsolved. Any any leads, Jay? No leads, but it does remain wild that this is, what, five years on and we still don't have answers or maybe not even closer. I think it was maybe a little bit over a year ago that new video emerged from a couple blocks away. But really, it seems like something that should have been solved a long ago. If you haven't, this is the perfect, I don't, I don't know what type, I'm not a true crime guy, Jay, and we're not going to turn this into a true crime podcast. But if you don't know about this story, it is worth reading about. It's terrifying. It's awful. And it is quite a mystery. Probably one, possibly one of the biggest murder mysteries in the world. Absolutely. And certainly on the Canadian landscape, not a podcast we're going to dive into, but likely someone's going to pick up at some point. Brett, aside from unsolved murders, which is a very morbid way to start the program, what do we have for Peak Bells today? For our first story, news on the Rogers Shaw merger. For our second story, more issues with Elon. And for our last story, there's new economic data that we have exclusive to the Peak. I like the sound of that. But for our first story, today is the final day of the hearing that will decide the fate of the Rogers Shaw merger, a deal that has wide-ranging implications for competition in Canada's telecom industry. Brett, we haven't talked about this a lot. There was a time we talked about it every single day. So you want to get the Peak Pals caught up? Yeah. So if you're new to the Peak Pal community, in March 2021, Rogers brought a proposed $26 billion merger with Shaw that aimed to create Canada's second largest wireless and cable operator to the feet of the federal government, the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, and the Competition Bureau, all three would need to grant their approval for the deal to go through. The CRTC was generally fine with the proposal. The Fed said Shaw would have to offload its wireless licenses, like more service providers like Freedom Mobile, to maintain competition in the wireless market, and the Competition Bureau was against the deal entirely, claiming the merger would result in increased cell phone bills and poorer service. There's a lot of different parties involved here, Jay, so it can be a bit confusing. But Shaw agreed to sell freedom to Quebecor, another telco based primarily in Quebec, to appease the feds. But that didn't sway the Competition Bureau, which remained opposed on the grounds that freedom would not be strong enough without Shaw's assets. Now, on the last day of the hearing, both sides are sticking to their key messages, as confirmed by the Globe and Mail. The Bureau argues the deal would reduce competition in Canada's wireless market, in fact, already has, while Rogers, Shaw, and Quebecor say it would do the opposite by turning Rogers into a legit wireless competitor against TELUS in Western Canada while giving Quebecor the boost it needs through the sale of freedom to become a fourth major wireless player. It's a pretty confusing story at this point. It's very confusing, but here's why it matters. So Canada already has some of the world's highest wireless bills driven primarily by a lack of competition. And whatever way the decision goes will be crucial in ensuring that competition does not decrease further at the expense of you and I, the consumer. Next, the final ruling set to come out before the end, before the year ends. If the deal is deemed competitive, it can move forward. But if it's anti-competitive, the bureau could block the merger entirely, block parts of it, or require Shaw to offload even more assets. But really, any decision can be appealed by both sides, meaning another court date. This time, in the federal court of appeal, it's all still in the cards. For our second story, please stop us if you've heard this one before which anybody who listens to the Peak Daily has. But Elon Musk's Twitter just made a big change involving safety and moderation. 
leaving a whole bunch of people on bad terms. Jay, what's he on up to now? Well, aside from potentially getting booed off a stage this weekend at a Dave Chappelle show in San Francisco, Twitter dissolved its Trust and Safety Council, an independent body of experts and organizations that advise Twitter on matters like harassment, mental health, child exploitation, and suicide prevention less than a week after three members, well, they just resigned. Now, Twitter has already made sweeping changes to how it moderates content, laying off employees of its safety team, parting ways with former safety head and current musk enemy, Yoel Roth, and reinstating previously banned accounts. The company wrote in an email to former council members that its work to make Twitter a safe and formative place will be moving faster and more aggressively than ever before, but that their services were no longer part of the best structure to do so. And here's why it matters. Though the Trust and Safety Council only offered advice on complex issues and was not a governing body, its dissolution further proves that Twitter's old ways of handling safety are dead and gone. And though Musk is promising a better system right now, that better system is simply letting automated systems handle moderation, all while uses of racial and homophobic slurs rise. Let's zoom out a bit, Brett. Twitter is projected to lose 32 million users over the next two years as offensive content and technical issues mount per market researcher insider intelligence, largely from under 25s and over 45s who are less willing to tolerate a degrading experience. And for our third story, feeling gloomy about the state of Canada's economy these days? Well, you're not alone. New polling by Crestview Strategy, shared exclusively with The Peak, shows that a large majority of Canadians think our economy is getting worse. Yeah, not good news, but driving the news, Jay. 71% of Canadians think Canada's economy has gotten worse in the past year. Only 5% actually believe that it's improved. Just 9% of people say their personal financial situation has improved compared to 47% who say it's gotten worse. Women and middle-aged people are the most likely to have a negative view of the economy and their personal finances. It matters because strong wage growth and low unemployment just aren't translating into gains for the vast majority of Canadians. A rapid increase in the cost of living, growing debt loads now at $2.8 trillion, and recession fears appear to be overwhelming whatever upside people are experiencing from low unemployment. Dr. Alexander Santelli, Crestview's senior behavioral scientist and public opinion researcher, which is a very long but kind of cool title, says this. These findings may indicate that what's traditionally been considered good at a microeconomic level is no longer trickling down to individual Canadians' pocketbooks. Our thoughts? The fact that more than 90% of people say their personal financial situation is either getting worse or stuck in neutral before the economy has even entered a recession should raise alarms about how bad things could get if we do enter a serious downturn. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, by the end of today, Wednesday, December 14th, we will know who is in the World Cup Finals. We know right now, as we record this, that it's going to be Argentina. We shall see who the second team shall be. Exciting. It is pretty exciting. I love it. Have a good day, Brett.